Welcome everybody to this episode of the ISI Life Podcast. Today I sit down with Tom Ford, who is just one of those ISI guys. He lives it 24-7, breathes it, and he is a great model of how we can live our lives in a very successful way in all areas. Met Tom at the gym at uh, CrossFit Cleveland, got to know him, and he uh, now helps us out with our company and attended a couple of our ISI events. And I just wanted to sit down with Tom and kind of unpack some of the ways that he got that way and how he stays that way. And I think you guys will all enjoy the conversation. There's so many uh, wisdom nuggets that you can glean from our talk today. Enjoy, everybody, and stay sharp. All right, here we are today with Tom Ford, who we ironically met at CrossFit Cleveland. There we go, right on, <laughs> right on the warm-up stage. Yep. <laughs> hey, uh, what do you do? <laughs> What's your story? Which, uh, you know, I have a lot of good friendships that have formed from the gym. I'm sure you do as well. Yeah, for sure. It's pretty wild to think about that. But the reason I wanted to have you, you know, we talked about not just I, but all of the, the guys who are putting on us, I wanted to have you on the podcast was... Because when we talk about ISI and faith at the center and not just a, you know, one of the spokes or a pieces of the pie, but really integrated into all the, the Fs, the faith, you know, being at the center, surrounded by your family, your faculty, your fitness and your finances, you know, we see you as one of those guys. Um, and you, you call it like, you know, I just do it 24 seven. It's just a part of me. So that's really why we wanted to have you on and talk a little bit about how you, how you did that, how you do it today. Um, and then awesome. You have some books and things here to share with the guys today. So I'm excited to dive into that topic and hopefully share some wisdom nuggets with all the, all the audience. So I guess, um, first thing, a little background, let's give everybody a little background on you, where you grew up, um, and kind of bring us up to current state, what you're doing now. Cool. Uh, grew up in a small town down in Southern Ohio, Cambridge, Ohio, uh, myself, my three sisters, my mom and dad. Uh, my dad was a home remodeler, um, didn't graduate from high school, uh, mm. but ran his own business, uh, sole proprietor. My mom was a cook in the school cafeteria. Wow. Uh, we lived two blocks from the high school, like <laughs> real near the city uh, park, so grew up on the basketball court there. Um, really just a, a great background. Wow, that's awesome. Um, in my uh, teenage years and throughout my young adult years, my mom and dad dealt with uh, depression mm. issues. So uh, that was, uh, became a reality uh, to, to us, you know, and our family throughout, the, mm. throughout that time. Um, I uh, left Cambridge to go to Baldwin-Wallace and was going to be an athletic trainer, huh. study education, um, you know, taking care of athletic injuries and stuff. Then my uh, sophomore year in college, they, there were teacher strikes all throughout Ohio. Mm. And I thought to myself, I am not going to get out of college and be on a picket line. Mm. So I took some other classes and decided to switch to business. Wow. And <laughs> crammed a business degree into two years, wow. which you probably couldn't do today. Yeah, that'd be um, tough. It was, it was a little bit easier back then. Um, became a CPA and uh, left and worked for Arthur Young and Company for three years hmm. and uh, worked in as a staff auditor, computer auditor. Yes, there were computers back mm -hmm. in the early 80s. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> just, little, just bigger, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah bigger. they were much bigger. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I still had the receipt from my first laptop that was like $2,800. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I couldn't do it. I had to make a major like you know, pitch to, to yep. uh, get that. Get it going, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh, can't even imagine. Um, then I worked in the consulting area of my last year in public accounting. Um, got a call from one of the people I used to work with at that point who uh, had gone to run a logistics company, mm-hmm. custom brokerage and freight forwarding company. And he called me and said, I need help. So <laughs> I went and uh, became the controller for the company. And then about five years after that, we, a group of six of us bought the company hmm. that we'd been running and hmm. fixed up. And then uh, we sold the company Okay. after about 15 years. 15 years, wow. 20 years ago now. <laughs> wow. And for the last nine years, going on 10 years, uh, working at Lutheran West. Yep. Um, came on board at Lutheran West where all three of our kids went to school. Uh, we were blessed to really have that environment for our kids to to really sort of grow up in, uh, you know, to, to complement what we were doing in the home with our faith mm-hmm. and in the church. Um, so enjoying, enjoying mm-hmm. working there. That's awesome. That's super cool. And you teach a business class there one I semester? Teach, I teach one semester of a business <laughs> class. Uh, actually, when they first asked me, if I would teach a class, I said no. <laughs> I literally did. I just said the first my thought was no. I, yeah. Well, you almost said no to this podcast, too. I almost that, yeah, that I had to think about it, yeah. But when God nudges you, you know, sometimes you got to just say yes and trust him. Yeah. <laughs> well, and obviously, it's, I'm sure this podcast will be no different than 10 years of teaching the class, too, which, which is really cool. Well, thanks for, thanks for that story. It's fun. And, um, yeah, I appreciate you helped us, you know, with our company and different things you've advised us over the years and, um, helping us stay out of trouble and spot some opportunities. So thank you for that. It's been fun to be a small part of it. Yeah. And you've been at, you've been, I think to one, the one ISI, right? At Punderson? Yeah. The one at Punderson. Yeah. Okay. That was, uh, was that the one that Tommy Newberry? Tommy Newberry. Yeah. You know, he really sort of hits you between the eyes with your, (laughs) with your mindset. I mean, like, yeah. I had heard the word mindset and kind of like, yeah, mm-hmm. mindset's a good idea, but like, yeah, he, he, that was a double barrel shotgun with mindset. Yeah. Was there anything in particular that, you know, the, obviously the mindset, but I uh, had so many tools, like he had the you know, EMSR and he had, um, I mean, it was etched memories. He had a lot of stuff that he touched yeah, on. Yeah. The um, EMSR thing, really the early morning routine, yeah. um, really sort of struck me because yeah. I didn't really have one. I just really kinda, didn't have a routine other than brushing my teeth, taking a shower, mm-hmm. and really just sort of thinking about morning mindset consciously. Yeah, he's big on it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's, a lot of guys had the same same feedback that that's kind of what they took away from it. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned uh, earlier, I I feel like you're just one of the. I know you're one of those guys that just lives the ISI life twenty four seven, and. So I wanted to just focus on, you know, really the core question was, how did it get that way? How did you mm. get that way? And how do you keep it that way? Mm. Um, and so you're starting to tell me the beginnings of a story, but if you mm. could elaborate on what happened um, visiting your sister. And then cause I think that you said that was a major turning point for you. Yeah, one of the a major turning point was really a, uh, a weekend called Walk to Emmaus down in Columbus. Um, it was almost 30 years ago now because our, our son was, uh, had just been born. And my sister invited me a couple of times to this uh, weekend. I think she knew I needed it. Mm. <laughs> um, you were 29? I was, yeah. Um, yeah. Mid, around, midway? Around 30. <laughs> midway. Yeah. A little bit after 30, I think. Okay. Um, so That's the age of know, most of the guys in you know, yeah. 30s and 40s, yeah. I had been 
you know, I was a churchgoer, you mm-hmm. know, all my life. And went to this weekend, and it was three weeks or three days of just immersion in mm. my faith. Ten talks, hearing from different guys, wow. small group discussions, sleeping on a floor in a church. How many people were at this? Uh, there were about 60. Okay. And you find out later that half of them are on the team running it. <laughs> you don't really realize it going into it. Like right. They're all part. these guys that are around you, you think are like participating. Participating. And then yeah. you realize, oh, my table leader's giving up and giving a talk. It's kind of cool. Yeah. He's a pastor. Oh, mm. like he's a normal guy. Mm. <laughs> That's right. A big awakening. Or, yeah, you know, yeah it was really an, uh, like a flower opening through the weekend. Mm. Um, just a, a mountaintop pretty, weekend. Pretty cool. But part of that weekend is also um, on the last day they have what they call, uh, you know, talking about your fourth day. Mm-hmm. You know, three-day weekend, like the fourth day is the rest of your life. Mm. How are you going to walk this walk the rest of your life? Mm. So they don't just leave you on the mountaintop and say, okay, good luck. And they're very intentional about trying to connect you with other guys then to hmm. meet weekly, bi-weekly, whatever works for you. Sure. Um, and I plugged in with a group of guys hmm. uh, back in Cleveland uh, with a similar uh, program called Trace Diaz up here, which is a sister program. Oh, to the one that you went to? To the one that I went to down oh, there. okay. So that, those guys really, um, and it's an accountability group. Mm. Bottom line is, I mean, you sort of get under the hood really? of real life. Mm. How many guys were part of that group? Uh, it was, I was part of a group with probably a dozen guys and then, mm. you know, a group of four guys and mm. five guys. It, they sort of morph as guys come and go. Okay. Um, I preferred smaller groups. Of guys, mm-hmm. so you could really sort of get to know them, get to know people. Yeah, like, you don't feel like you can be a kind of a wallflower. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that weekend kind of took your faith flame to a whole other level. Sounds like absolutely. Yeah, it uh, it kept it going. And actually, then Sue attended the women's weekend oh. shortly thereafter. Okay. And uh, same organization or same organization the female down in version Columbus, of it? Yeah, hmm. through Walk to Emmaus. Hmm. So it, having that in common. Yeah was really cool and, and you guys were married at that point yeah yeah okay yeah we've been married you know this year is going to be 39 years yeah so wow we've been married for yeah a while we, we had had our second child at that point already oh wow so so that was integral in terms of bringing it into your marriage and your relationship at home and mm-hmm. both mm-hmm. of you guys going through that experience independently and what did it did it take your take it to another level, like individually or as a as a collective? You know, just kind of curious how that, how, if you remember that work and how yeah, that was individually for you. and together. Our relationship really, um, I think, just grew because we started to both understand our faith more seriously and mm. understand that um, the love that God gives us, mm-hmm. we need to let flow through us to other people, hmm. and by serving other people and hmm. and just that it's a 24-7 thing. This isn't like, okay, Sunday, we're going to go to church. Yeah. This is this is a 24-7, 365 for the rest of our life hmm. thing. The love that flows through you giving to others. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Like, it's not ours to give away. It's, hmm. it's just we're the recipients, and then we, we're letting it flow through us. Like 
pour out almost. Pour out, yeah. yeah. Oh. And because he's going to keep filling it up. Hmm. You know, we can't, we're not going to get empty. Hmm. He's not going to let it get empty. We may feel empty, hmm. but it's not because he's not pouring it in. Hmm. Can you elaborate on that? I think this is a very profound thing. I mean, if you could I put your finger on it. I don't know whether I can or not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think it's, I mean, it's I a think huge, that's the Holy a, Spirit thing, a, Nick, because I really hadn't said those words before in that way. <laughs> Like, that's the Holy Spirit talking Working right there. good. Well, that's, I mean, yeah, that's inspiring, encouraging, yeah. and, you know, exciting, and quite honestly, yeah. I guess that's that's one kind of nugget that I've taken away over the years is that when there are certain times when the Holy Spirit kind of nudges you or takes kind of takes over, mm-hmm. and you're able to look back and kind of see that, mm-hmm. and it just sort of fuels your faith to, like, Stay connected to him. Hmm. Are there certain instances you look back on that you that you think are you definitely knew that that was taking shape? Um, I know that um, there was another difficult time. It was before Sue and I had this, you know, spiritual renewal weekend. Hmm. When uh, Sue, Sue's faith, honestly, has been stronger than mine for a longer time. She hmm. had really even before the Walk to Amaze weekend had had become stronger in her faith. I mm. was more a nominal Christian mm. still. I'm not sure we both could have put a label on it, mm-hmm. but looking backwards, mm. that was truth. Mm. Um, she had had a pastor kind of lead her through a process early in our marriage that um, really was transformational for her. Yeah. <clears throat> And where was I going with this? Well, the moments <laughs> you look back on that you were you were thinking back to a moment yeah, when yeah. that was really evident that. So, yeah, we after our first child, Sue got pregnant again, mm. and she was really really far along in the pregnancy, mm. and uh, got a phone call from the op- at the office one day. She was at the doctor's office, mm. and uh, Tom, I got to go to to a metro hospital. Mm. I got a problem. Wow. Um, we, uh, her water broke, Mm. um, the baby wasn't viable Mm, early and we, uh, we were faced with like, we're going to lose the baby. Yeah. Uh, It may be born. Mm. If so, it may be in intensive care a long, long time. Wow. This was, you know, 30 years ago. Before all the, yeah. Before, before a lot of the advancements Mm. over that time. Um, looking back, I mean, God's hand through the process of recovering from that mm. was, um, it started in the hospital mm. or the, uh, um, intensive care obstetrician who came in the next day, he wasn't there the night that Sue delivered the baby, mm. um, stillborn, mm. um, they had, he hadn't been called, mm. and he was livid. Really, he hadn't been called. Oh wow, Doctor Durker, I'll never forget him. They just didn't call they, him. They didn't call him. A resident dealt with it. Wow, he was livid. He closed the door to our to Sue's hospital room. He sat in our room for an hour, Nick. Wow, and he sat with us, and talked with us, mm. cried with us, shared with us. Wow, about losing his own son. Really, he went to through cancer. A, oh my gosh. Wow. Um, God put him in our 
midst hmm. to help that recovery process. <clears throat> then, again, SUIC was kind of ahead of the curve because sometime after that, she uh, sort of dealt with her struggle by writing a song, basically writing a, uh, it was just beautiful. Mm. What, what she went through wow. with this baby in her womb and mm. giving birth to somebody who wasn't gonna live. Mm. Wow. And uh, how God's hand was with us through it. Wow. <clears throat> um, that whole experience was a yeah. faith growing moment ultimately for you. yeah ultimately i'm sure so challenging and then there was another moment where wake up call for me at, where my uh, business partner ken came into my office a number of months after we lost the baby and he uh he closed the door kind of one of those close the door moments it's the second time and, the door's closed yeah second time <laughs> the door's closed and uh, he goes, Tom, you're not yourself. Hmm. And we worked together quite a while. Like, wow. He knew me. Like, he knew, yeah, when he, something was wrong. He goes, I, I can't, put, I don't know what it is, Tom, but I, I, we've got to help you fix it. Oh. And I didn't even realize it. And again, I think God really put me in his midst to, uh, to help me, hmm. like, see that I was still struggling with that. Hmm. You know that losing the baby. Mm. This is months after. Yeah. Months after, I, I really can't tell you yeah, when but it was. Still, obviously, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't weeks. It was months. Yeah. Um, it had percolated for a while, I think, and he just he, he cared about me. He knew enough to call you out in, in a good way. Yeah, you know, yeah, in a to, loving way. To, yeah, in a loving way, just reach out to me and say, "Hey, I, I want to help you." Hmm. What happened? You know, <laughs> it, it wasn't any like magical answer. It was like just it was like looking in the mirror, though. Mm -hmm. It was like realizing you have a problem. It was like the biggest part of it is like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, yeah, this is real. Yeah, this is real. I'm still hanging. It's on. okay. Yeah, and it's okay. Yeah. It's okay yeah. to to now I can move forward. Wow, just addressing addressing it. Wow, yeah, that's awesome. You had such a good friend and business partner in your life to. He's, to do that. Still my mentor today. See the one that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That is very cool. Very awesome. I mean, that's one thing we talk about a lot is to have, um, at the last ISI, we talked about having a few people in your life that fully know you. Absolutely. And you fully know them. And, you know, we tend to, as men, go in our cave or do it alone or we can tough through it. But um, that's cool. That's a real life example of someone that was close enough to you that helped yeah. you you know, helped you in that process of the grieving and just yeah. getting back to addressing it. And wow. I've got about a half a dozen guys like that in my life that, mm. um, we can go really deep, really quick. And I know if they call or if I call them, mm -hmm. it's, it's real. It's real. <laughs> just right to the, and it's, it's not going to be, well, I'll call you back. Mm. That's cool. They intentional. Are they just, these relationships. I mean, one thing we talked about was that, to have that sometimes you're you're blessed with just having them just by happenstance but a lot of times it takes work it takes intentionality to, to form those relationships mm -hmm. those six that you mentioned are they intentional accidental um some are long term very yeah. long term like the mentor we just talked about my college mm -hmm. roommate mm -hmm. 
Um, College roommates, they know it all. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is intentional is staying connected, Mm -hmm. you know, calling each other, texting each other. Yeah. Um, Another guy I just talked to this week is a very good friend from college days. Um, The other ones are more intentional from small groups that I've been part of, Mm -hmm. either with my wife Mm -hmm. or the men's groups. That's cool. That's awesome. Great, great story. I appreciate you, you know, sharing that. Um, and you mentioned other people I, that we have in common. Sam Lombardo is a, yeah, is yeah. a like who doesn't know, you know, <laughs> Sam or everybody. I feel like hasn't been impacted by Sam in one way or another. He was he was huge for me when I when I graduated college and was working out of my dad's office when it was just Joe and I hmm. over at in, in Westlake. He was he um he came by my desk and just got to know me and gave me a book and you know that led to like years of friendship and yeah. got to know his kids since then and That's Sam. um but yeah but you, you guys <laughs> had, a, had a year together a solid year together we had a solid year together i was uh had a non-compete agreement after selling our company and mm. and uh my friend richard tanner uh said hey you should call sam and i really didn't even know why <laughs> did you, you didn't know him? I, or did I didn't you even know sam i never met him you just call sam <laughs> yeah he said you need to call sam and, um i think you guys would hit it off mm-hmm. so we uh, I called Sam. We had lunch. We uh, before I knew it, I was working with him mm. uh, in his business called Work Life, mm-hmm. uh, basically a business consulting, training, coaching company. Interesting. Um, learning just a huge amount from him, and yeah, the one the one real takeaway I'll never forget was, and I te- I use this in my business class, um, is one of the mental models that. I try to teach students to kind of filter decisions through. Mm-hmm. And Sam had this thing called the SIR principle, S-I-R principle. S- okay. So he used that for the basis of assertive behavior, his own definition of assertive behavior. And we sometimes think assertive behavior is sort of like going and doing something like, you know, being, yeah, getting after Proactive, it. yeah. Proactive. Um, Sam's definition of assertive behavior had four parts to it that are very distinct parts. Hmm. Number one is doing. Number two is what's in the best interest. Number three is of self and others. Hmm. Number four is in a, t- in a timely basis. Hmm. And basically you look through that filter and say, you know, something could be um, you're doing it in the best interest of self and others, but not, you're not, not doing it timely. Mm. So it's not assertive. Mm. Or maybe you're leaving out a different piece and it's not assertive, but all four pieces. I love that. Yeah, breaking it down. Breaking it down and, and really giving you a mental model, again, to yeah. process that through. Wow. You teach the students that? At I do, Richard yeah. Rust? That's and pretty neat. Then they apply it. We watch some videos and things, and they, they call out times when people aren't doing different pieces of that. Yeah. Wow. That's a really awesome way to take, you know, kind of a, a general word or a general term and break it down so you can actually yeah. take action against it. That's, that's pretty neat. And in a, in a subtle so, way, hmm. when you look at all four of those pieces, hmm. they really have the roots in Scripture. Hmm. You know, there's no quotes or anything out of the, out of the Bible, but you can look back to biblical principles mm-hmm. and find the basis for it. Hmm. I love that. So, 
and uh, you were also sharing earlier one of the other things that took you was your trip down um, to City Mission, mm. which I think is a kind of a neat thing just to, to hit on. I think it I think it relates to the this like I said the central concept of how did you you know how did you come strong in your faith and how have you kept it that way? Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. one story that may play into that a little bit. Yeah. So. Yeah, Sam would uh, go down to the city mission to the men's crossroad program down there, which is, I believe, a six-month live-in program hmm. where men come and stay. Huh. <clears throat> so it's a big commitment on their part. For sure. Um, they're re- in recovery. So Sam would go down every Thursday and teach. So in Sam's <laughs> subtle way, hey, Tom, you want to come with me on Thursday mornings? <laughs> like, sure, Sam, I'll come. Yeah, yeah. Jump on in. Uh, jump on in. <laughs> and... He's doing all the teaching. I'm just sort of hanging out down there. There's a teaching time. There's a sharing time. And one time when uh, my mom was going through uterine cancer treatments, um, I shared with the group, like, yeah, my mom's going through cancer treatments, you know, just really concerned and just want to pray for her. So we prayed for her that day as well as a lot of the, the, pro- the men's issues that they wanted to pray for. And what really hit me uh, hard really was the next week when we came back, the next Thursday, this one gentleman came up to me and said, uh, how's your mom doing? <laughs> I'm like, I thought I was there to serve, you know, and like feed into these guys. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. And you were, no. you went to serve and you ended up being served. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It was very humbling. Yeah. That's, an, that's awesome when you have those experiences like that. That's cool. So, um, you brought some books with you. I love that. And um, it's one of the things I think I wanted to ask you about in terms of how do you, you know, how have you kept your, your faith at the center and how is it incorporated into all these areas of your life? Um, so, maybe just share what you brought. You're the yeah. first person of all the people that we've interviewed. <laughs> Normally, I, <laughs> what, what books would you recommend? You actually have them right there. <laughs> well, that's because I and, didn't and want to mess it up <laughs> and they look like they look like you've read them too not just like heard about them i've read them actually a couple of them that i didn't bring the originals because they have notes in them which are personal so, yeah oh, wow. um and a couple of these uh, the first one i'm not even sure is in print i think mm. you can get like used copies mm. um, first one i can uh, thank bob armstrong my pastor at the time mm. uh, i was in the process of leaving the company we had sold and he sort of came alongside me and, and uh, walked through that process with me. And it's called uh, Why You Can't Be Anything You Want to Be by uh, Arthur F. Miller Jr. and William Hendricks. <laughs> and the a... subtitle are on the back. It says, but you'll love being who you were designed to be. Man. And, you know, we hear all the time, like, hey, you can be anything you want to be. It's like, no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Like, I want to desperately be Bill Walton. Mm-hmm. Like in high school, when I was, you know, I thought I was an amazing yeah. basketball player. Yeah. I wasn't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be it. I, I want to be, but I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, but if you can find what God designed you to be, mm-hmm. you'll really love it. You'll. So the and one it, of the one of the core concepts of this book is uh, what's called the motivated um, abilities profile, the map. Mm. And it leads you through a bunch of questions of determining your map. Some of it is sort of exploring what you love and what you know what, what you know, turns you on. Mm-hmm. But the the part that really is a grounding mm-hmm. thing is to 
uh, find out from other people what other people say you're good at. Sometimes that's not always what you, what you want to hear. What you want to hear, right? <laughs> or, or really, like, really, you see that in me. Maybe encouraging in a yeah, way. Yeah, like, yeah, sometimes it's encouraging. It helps you to bring out things that you didn't think you were doing. Mm-hmm. You didn't see as the golden spot. Yeah. And, and your takeaway from that was? Yeah, so Bob really helped me see, like, projects I'd worked on and things that I'd done was, like, I'm really good at taking the way things work and making them better. Mm-hmm. I'm not... I'm not like a creator of new things necessarily, hmm. but I can take things and, and make, make them, them better. That's a, I mean, that's such a simple, it's a simple concept. But and I, like I mentioned, I think you've done that at you know your current role. And it sounds like when you joined the first logistics company, you said yeah. you guys came in; it was already going, and it was you going, guys but it was made it way better. It was uh, basically not legally bankrupt, but it had negative net worth. Hmm. If I had realized that, I probably wouldn't have even gone there. But <laughs> like, like, I'm going to learn to do my due. I don't think told me the whole story necessarily. But. <laughs> didn't do your uh, due diligence up front. Yeah, yeah. But it, I was young. blind faith was a good thing. In that, in that. I was in my early 20s, and I didn't know any better. Like, and it's better than uh, yeah. whatever was, what I was doing. Yeah. Auto, auto yeah. <laughs> I but, thought it was better than 80 hours a week, but then I just poured 80 hours a week into the other thing yeah. for a while. That's an awesome. I like that. I mean, I like the idea. I, I did a similar study maybe... I don't know, three, four years ago, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of refining what um, I was in strategic coach and they called it your unique ability was right. their, their term mm-hmm. for it. Uh, other people call it genius or mm-hmm. different things that, you know, you're in your sweet spot essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember that was, there were multiple exercises that we did, but one of them was writing letters or notes or texts or whatever to people that know you, like really, really know you. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was, you know, Joe or my dad, or my brother, like my parents, Nancy, um, Maybe maybe even asked you. I don't know if. <laughs> what do you think is my unique ability? What do I really? And it was interesting to hear other people's feedback, um, mm. and to look for the consistencies in that to find out. Okay, um, maybe it's not so much exactly what I thought it'd be, but four of these people said the exact same thing. Mm. So when I'm doing that, you know, I am doing what God has designed me to be. I mm-hmm. am living that out exactly where I'm. You know, where He wants me to be, the way that He's uniquely Absolutely. gifted me. Absolutely, uh, and that's encouraging to know you know we're all different but we all have different talents we can bring to the table and it may not be what i want to be or yeah everything i want to be but it's exactly the way (laughs) where i'm supposed to be so that's cool there's a there's a scripture in uh, philippians that was kind of um core to to some of this concept for me philippians 2 there's a piece of it that says consider others better than yourself Mm. You know, not just not just <laughs> consider others as good as you, mm, better. Consider others better than than you. And early on in my career, that was that was tough for me to really like. I'm good at everything. Sure. Like you know, even excellent. I can do even it. excellent. Yeah. At, yeah. Yeah. But who's who's the best? Who's the best? Yeah. Who can really bring the best to the table? Mm. That's a tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, somewhat our ego kind of gets in the way. It's a, it, ultimately it's empowering when you mm. when you allow that to happen. Growth growth happens. Yeah, both I, in other people, in your organization, in mm. yourself, because you can do what you're designed to be. Yeah, what you're more. the best at. Yeah. Huh. Man, so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got two other ones here. Two. Yeah, the uh, the first first one by Steve Gallagher is called the Walk of Repentance. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a, a really good friend of mine uh, come to me and said he wanted to 
he had found this resource by Steve Gallagher. Um, he had a sexual addiction, addiction. Mm -hmm. and this is a 24-week study, deep dive, wow. like uh, study for a week on your own, and then come back together. He and I would get together every week wow. together, yeah. and we would spend at least an hour together talking through what we had taken out of it, what we had learned, praying together. Wow. Um, just huge growth time for me wow. in my faith because, um, number one, with with one on one, you can't hide. Mm -hmm. Like you could tell in, if someone's in, in being... a small group of like five or six, or you know, Sue and I were in a couples group of six couples. Mm -hmm. There's sometimes in our small group where you didn't read stuff and like you can just fake it, fake it, <laughs> or like not yeah. really yeah, engage no. that way. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. one on one, you're like. Either did or I didn't. Either, either did or didn't. Uh, yeah. That's yeah, awesome. So yeah, I did. Um, it was operate. I had the same thing. Operation Timothy was a one-on-one -on -one that I, I did. Yeah. And it was one of the strongest things mm -hmm. I did to grow my faith for mm -hmm. sure. But that's cool. And I mean, what a commitment too for both of you guys really for 24 weeks to, to meet and go through that. Yeah. He's a good friend. And, uh, you know, ultimately it was a blessing to me to go through this. Sure. And at first, sort of like the city mission thing. Yeah. I did it because that. I thought I was doing it for him. And ultimately, it was like you, almost selfish. It's like you got a ton out of it. Got amazing amount out of it. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's that's that gentleman, uh, Steve Gallagher. That's his wheelhouse. That particular topic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then the next one is by him too. Yeah, the next one by him because after the first one, I was like, I need to understand <laughs> what this this guy is really good. At, yeah, more of at, uh, yeah, more of him. So I found this other resource by him called Pressing On Toward the Heavenly. Cr uh, excuse me. Pressing on toward the heavenly calling, mm. and I was sort of going through this a little bit on my on my own, and um, a friend, good friend of mine, called and said uh, my wife left. Wow. And I said uh, I'll be over. Wow. Got in the car and went to his house. Um, it's one of those like when your good friend calls yeah. that, you just you, drop it. You just do it. Yeah. And. Um, I brought this with me. And he <laughs> <laughs> had you been through it at that point, or no? What's that? Had you been through the? I book? hadn't really been through the whole thing yet. Oh wow! But I knew from the other one that it was good. Yeah. And um, he's he and I kind of laugh about it today. <laughs> came with a book. He's like, yeah, Tom came with a book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My wife left. I got a book for you. <laughs> Just what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, that's so, powerful. Is that a similar study? Is that one a study as well? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a 24-week study. Man. I'm sorry. No, that's 12 weeks. Of, uh, it's a awesome. study through the prison epistles. Mm. So, But again, really deep dive. Yeah. Obviously super impactful in both those yeah. gentlemen. And I would imagine that they're maybe one of the, one, each of them are one of the six that you mentioned yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can pick up right where you left off yeah. as soon as you talk again. Uh, yeah, so thankful for friendships like that. Absolutely. So outside of the three books, what are what are things you on the maybe on the daily or in your normal rhythms that you have in your life that you think keep you rooted in that ISI wheel where you have, you know, faith at the center as it relates to those other areas? Well, I guess one of the blessings of my job at Lutheran West is we had a chapel twice a week. Mm. So it's a half hour chapel. We mm. have uh, like three praise songs, a little prayer time, and then a 10 to 12 minute message by a faculty member, a uh, missionary, a, a pastor, a student. 
Is it required? It's required. Yeah. 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 Um, it's just part of who we are. Part of the everything we do is culture of Lutheran West. You know, part of our Christ-centered That's awesome. approach to education. Love it. But. Uh, I've been asked to give messages a couple of times at chapel, and that's, again, one of those times when you sort of step back and you, you hesitate to say yes, but mm. <laughs> when you do, you, you just have amazing growth. Mm. Yeah, there's nothing like teaching something. Yeah. yeah, nothing like teaching something. Hmm. But that's what, hearing uh, messages from the, that variety of people. Yeah, twice not, a week. And not yeah. just... Like the same pastor, like, yeah. Not that the, the same pastor is bad, but no, it just gives you a the, lot of different types of messages from different yeah, people. Yeah, types of stories, walks of life, right. kind of hit you in different ways. Right. Wow, that's awesome. And uh, I know, you know, one thing for for me, which I just remember this as we're sitting here. I think how we got to know each other even more was when we had our twins, mm. and Sue would bring soup over <laughs> Sue's soup we had the twins and I mean she was so discreet about it she would drop off tons <laughs> of soup on our you know front porch mm-hmm. in a cooler and didn't knock didn't do anything just just, just, just a blessing and I thought what you know what is different about these people you know that like I said maybe that's the Holy Spirit in you guys and just the way you guys roll but um, mm-hmm. it was so appreciated um, and you know and encouraged us to do the same you know, in terms of paying it forward. So. She's an amazing blessing in that way. There's a there's a mom in Lakewood that she has a, a mom of a special needs mm. uh, young boy wow. who she's been taking meals to for two years. Really? Once a week. Just, man. Just every week, drop it off on her porch, pick wow. things up. Yeah. Not, and you know, just, not in there for herself. So she's just doing yeah, it just to she serve. She doesn't want to be recognized. She probably doesn't appreciate me saying this right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate Sue, uh, and yeah, I'm, yeah. I know you do as well. I do. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, any, uh, one thing I ask is if multiple people have, you know, different life verses or like key things that they go to. Um, I haven't found anybody that's had it tattooed yet. I want to <laughs> see who has their life first tattooed, but you, you don't strike me as the tattoo guy. Um, any, no, is, there, guy. is there one, any one in particular <laughs> verse or, uh, you know, more that have stood out to you over time that have meant something to you? Um, there's a couple. I'll just pick, I'll just pick a, okay. a few. One, I guess one, this isn't a typical one, but um, John 16.33 talks about... Uh, in this world, we will have trouble. And when I read that in the Bible, I'm like, wow, this mm. is like, yeah, we will have trouble in the world. This is not like oh. you may have trouble or, you know, you mm. won't have trouble if you do this, this, and this. It's like mm-hmm. you will have will. trouble. Will is you pretty will certain. Have, yeah. You will have trouble. It's not real encouraging, but the rest of the scriptures are, yeah. right? Because he gives you some answers as far as... Mm. Um, one other one that, that really kind of, there was a time when, I'll, I'll tell a little story mm-hmm. about it because I can't really pinpoint when this happened, but, you know, Sue and I have have a tendency or have had a tendency to, like, dive into committees and things like that at the church and get involved in different things. And when our kids were smaller, we, you know, they're all grown now, our youngest is 26, but we, uh, there was a time when I realized, like, we were both at evening meetings at the church and our kids were at home. Mm. And I realized like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. We're, like yeah, trying to serve, trying to help. Trying or, to serve, trying to not bad stuff, all right, good, all right, good. Yeah. But was it the best? 
Mm. And, you know, our kids are at home. Mm. Um, and, and they could fend for themselves. You know, they were old enough. But um, it, so it, it really kind of led me to focus on the scripture from Deuteronomy. And again, a lot of people don't focus on Old Testament scripture, but the uh, Deuteronomy 6.6 6 says, uh, these commandments that I give you today are to be in your hearts. So this is right after the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Hmm. So basically, it means talk about them all the time. Yeah. And to do that, guess what? You got to be there. Be with them. You got to be present. Um, I can't necessarily connect that scripture as the reason why we did that, but yeah. it. Uh, Certainly give the guidance for the reason to do it. Oh, yeah. I love that. No, that's cool. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Those are yeah. two good ones. Let me, let me just share one other one. That, yeah, please uh, do. As far as my my job at Lutheran West, I, I come across families sometimes, prospective families that have hit a rough patch in, in life, you know, death, somebody in the hospital, different mm-hmm. scenarios, just struggle. Mm-hmm. And you can sense it on the phone or in person. And there's times when I just feel like compelled, like just to say to him, like, can I pray with you? Do mm-hmm. you mind if I pray with you? Mm-hmm. And that's something that I didn't really do early on, but kind of learned from my dad. Like my dad was a pretty simple guy. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> like in his later years, um, he died fairly early, but he, um, when he would pray, he finally got to the point where he would pray like openly, mm-hmm. and it was clunky. Meaning, yeah, it just wasn't you know, like it, it was the just most beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like this beautiful prayer. Mm. But it made me realize, like, he's praying to God. Yeah, like God, God loves that. Yeah, right. It doesn't have to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. It, you know, just pray your heart, and the Holy Spirit will fill it in for you. Mm. But you know, praying with people and um, the scripture that really kind of encourages me with that. And I'm reading here because I'm not a guy that memorizes scripture, mm-hmm. but I can kind of, I know the nuggets. Yeah. But 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 to 4. Uh, Praise be to God. This is basically all about comfort. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Mm. So it's like comfort four times. I think he was trying to get across <laughs> comfort there. Like yeah. He gives it to us. Yeah. We need to give it out. Mm-hmm. We need to let it flow through. Yeah. And you have, that's one really neat thing about your role now. I mean, yeah. you, well, and just having had all those life experiences with Sue and kids and church and businesses and whatnot, like you have the ability to share and comfort them in different ways. Yeah. And I, Looking back to my business years, I wish I had asked more people, mm. you know, would you like me to pray with you? Because mm. they can always say no. Sure. I mean, you, that's okay. Yeah. It's not pushy. It's not It's not uh, reading a track to them. Yeah. Or You're not forcing just, them to do it. Yeah, yeah forcing them to do anything. Yeah, just, just open yourself up. Grace. That's awesome. It's good for you for being bold enough to put yourself out there. You know, it's... I've just learned that sometimes when the spirit nudges you, you have you can make a choice. Mm-hmm. And there's been a few times when I think afterwards, like I didn't do it. Mm. 
I wish I had. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I had taken I that I moment. Had. Yeah. I had the same takeaway from our last ISI, hmm. exact same one. Hmm. I've, there's been multiple times where I'm like, uh, this is awkward. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I've, my, my natural inclination was to offer, you know, to, hey, you want me to pray about this? Or I'll say, I'll, I'll add that to my prayer list or something. Right, right. But I really wanted to just pray in that moment. And actually, I learned it from a guy. I, I used to go to a Bible study in the 6 o'clock hour before work mm. with a bunch of guys. We'd go to, to people's houses, rotate houses every month. And there was a guy, I don't even remember who it was, but one morning he had been in the hospital and he came back and he said, um, yeah, I want to thank you guys for praying with me. And he said, this sounds awkward, <laughs> but there are a few guys that prayed with me and that meant even more to me than the guys who said they were going to pray for me. And I just never forgot this. Like, wow. Um, again, praying for somebody is not bad either. Sure. He, he wasn't saying that, but said praying it, it with meant, somebody really is even, even just a whole other level of giving it, comfort. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Man, we can go on. For this hours. is fun. I love this talking to you about this. <laughs> this yeah, no, fun. I mean, there's so many good things. Um, I appreciate, um, I'm thankful that we were met on the warm-up. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the warm-up box up there um and you know that was six seven eight years ago i don't know it was a while ago it was so appreciate that and all you've done and all you're doing and um i think there's be more to come for sure but um one thing we do just would you mind closing us in a word of prayer and praying over the isi people great heavenly father just thank you for uh, the many blessings that you pour into us just help us, Lord, to see those opportunities that we can let those blessings pour through us, pour out your love and comfort and grace um, into the lives of others. Lord, we just pray for each of the guys in ISI to uh, help them see you more clearly and love you more dearly and uh, serve you in the way that you'd like them to serve. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah.